Check one, check, and we are good to go. Of course, we'll be helping people during the season. And, you know, it's kind of this idea that once January hits, I can honk at people again when I'm at the stoplight. But for December, I'm going to give it up, and I'm going to be a nice Christmassy type person. So the point being, our world is focused upon humanity. What can humanity do to come together, to be good, to help one another, if only for a month? But the scriptures, and we see this here that's happening to the heart of Mary, have a different message. The message of the scriptures, and this is coming through in Mary's prayer, is that we can be changed 365 days a year. That we can actually have our hearts so moved by the glory of God that we cannot help but serve and love those around us. It's the true Christmas message. It's not just for one month. It's for all time. So let's look for just a minute at what causes this wonder and delight in Mary's heart. I think it will help all of us in the same way that it helped Mary to praise and to glorify the Lord. She is filled with wonder. Do you see at the beginning? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I know we don't all say that all the time. Life is hard. Life is boring. Life can get to be a drag. But there are a few things she talks about in this that can really change a human heart. And I'm going to break us down into two sections because it's a homily. We're not going to have three points. We're going to have two. The first is I want to talk for a minute about the substance of her praise. And I think that'll help us in our own praise. And then I want to talk about the secret of her praise of the Lord. So the substance of her praise and the secret of her praise. The first is the substance, y'all. Here's the, here's the point. She's excited about what God is doing. She's like, can you see the might of God that is coming down? He is literally punching a hole into reality. And he is bringing salvation into my womb, miraculously. Y'all, it is so easy to be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure about this whole Christmas story. I'm not sure about how, what God is doing. I, it feels kind of made up. You know, is this real, did this really happen? I mean, it seems incredibly weird and difficult. But she is saying, this breaking in of God into history is an incredible picture of his glorious might. He is a mighty God, and she feels it. It's not just an intellectual thought for her. She's like, he is, it, this is unbelievable. I cannot even begin to express how awesome what is happening. The might of God has her Uh, beside herself with joy and with excitement. So that's the first thing that that makes up the substance of what God is doing in the world. It's his might. It's his power. Do you really believe in the power of God? Now, we can look at it back then, of course, right? And say, oh yeah, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, God punched into history, did this amazing thing. But do you believe it for today? Do you believe it even in your own life? That God can show himself mighty, that he can show his strength even in your own life. The Lord has asked us to not only pray for that, but to rejoice when that happens, when God breaks in and shows his might in our life. The second thing that Mary prays about is holiness, the holiness of God. You can read it right here. She says, for he he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. 
I'm not sure if you know what the word holy means. It, it, it includes the idea of perfection, moral perfection, of having, being totally sinless, but it's much bigger than that. It's much more incredible than that. It's basically God saying, I am totally separate. I am totally other than you. I do things differently. Isaiah talks about this a lot. God says, your ways are not my ways. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. I am God, and I do things, more, I do things differently than you. Even though people have a tendency to make a God in their own image that they can worship, that kind of fits their expectations, God is like, that's not me. <laughs> the one that you've made up in your head is different than me. How so? Let's think about it for a minute. Okay, his otherness, God's otherness. The question is, in what ways is he different? The first is morality. He's different than us, y'all. Here's how. We get used to sin. We just do. We get used to the sin in our own lives. We're like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> well, you know, shucks. Lord, can you can give me a pass on that one again? Um, or in, the other, in other people's lives, you know, we look at poverty uh, on the downtown mall. We look at people, you know, violence on television. We look at wars happening all over the world. And we're just like, yeah, that's, that's people. They're going to blow each other up. That's what happens. Terrorism, it's a thing. The Lord does not get used to it. And that's what we read about earlier when it said the Lord is going to send a king of justice who's actually going to care for the poor, who is going to bring real justice to the earth. God doesn't get used to it, y'all. He loves people. He is constantly trying to work the sin out of our own lives and work the sin out of the world, y'all. It is happening all the time. You felt it. If you've ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit about a particular sin in your life, you have experienced the fact that God doesn't get used to sin and that he's constantly trying to draw us to be more like him, more like Christ. It's a beautiful work that he's doing. You know, that's the, did you all know that that's the primary work of the Holy Spirit? The primary work of the Holy Spirit is not to make us like feel happy-go-lucky and raise our hands in the air and go crazy. That's, he does that sometimes. But his, as the Bible speaks about it, as Jesus talks about it, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin. Because it's who God is. He's a holy God, and he's constantly pushing back the darkness, pushing away the sin from our lives and from the world around us. Okay, the second way that God in his holiness is different than us, that is other than us, is in his economy. Things don't work the same way in his economy that they do in ours. The mighty in our economy usually tend to get the big breaks, right? You f we often find in our culture and around the world that the biggest companies get the biggest bailouts, right? The people with the most power get the most slack. That's just how our... And the people that are lowest in our society get the most guff, right? Get the most oppression, get the most hurt. I was talking with a guy this week at Barnes & Noble. It's the same gentleman that told me that I'm passive-aggressive, which I think is completely true. Although he said, when we met this time, he said he was joking. We'll see. But one of the things he has always struggled with is the fact that society treats him like trash. He's been kicked out of most coffee shops in town. And a lot of it is because he has, he has mental health issues, and he's really loud. He likes to talk very loudly, and he likes to talk about very hot-button issues. We got onto politics. 
We were talking about uh, the, the state of the world today in a very loud way in the middle of Barnes & Noble. And you could tell the people around us looking at books were like, <sighs> they would walk by like, you know, because we're, you know, we're talking about, we were talking about Jesus. We were talking about, you know, what God's doing in, in our lives. But, um, and he had, he, had a, he had an awesome Russian hat on too, you know, just to kind of like throw people off or whatever. But as I sat there, I was like, you know, the economy of our world does attribute this guy to being worthless. He's not, he doesn't have a job. He's never really been able to hold down a job. He lives off the state. You know, it wouldn't it be better, as some societies have done in the past, if we just euthanized folks that are worthless? But God teaches us throughout the scriptures that his economy is totally different than ours. It just doesn't work that way. You see it from, y'all, you see it in our passage today. Here's what Mary says. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. Scattered the proud. Not he gets people who've got it all together and he puts them in one big team and they go and conquer the world for him. Nope. It's not what God does. He scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. That's what she prays at the very beginning. She says, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. This is God's economy. Y'all, it is a picture of his holiness. I don't know if you've thought about it that way. Holiness, we usually think of as perfection. But it's God doing things differently. He values things differently than we do. He treats people differently than we do. And finally, one more aspect of his holiness, y'all. And this is the part that blows Mary's mind, that blows my mind, that hopefully will blow all of our minds. His mercy. She talks about his mercy. I also had a conversation at another coffee shop. I spent a lot of time at coffee shops, y'all. I had another conversation at a coffee shop this week with this guy who used to work in corporate America. He was in one of the Fortune 500 companies. And he talked about how the particular company he worked for would allow people to come into the investor calls. So this guy got to go to each of the different investor calls throughout the year where they would talk about the, uh, how things were going with this Fortune 500 company. Well, one time, the, uh, for most of the time he went in there, the company was doing awesome. You know, tracking upwards, making bank, doing the good stuff. Well, things started to plateau. And, and there was a tiny little dip even in the profits of the company. And he said, in that investor call, all hell broke loose. It was cut heads, cut the, cut the top, we're going in, I'm fire, 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 get rid of people, we're changing everything, and total upheaval of the company. It's exactly what happened. They fired all of the top executives, changed out all of the lower uh, uh, income jobs or whatever there was there, and just chaos at the company. Because why? Profit, 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 right? We've got, if you screw up, cut your head off. It is how the world works, y'all. It's how the world works. And here's God, and he says, in his mercy, he's like, you screwed up. Mercy. No head's cut off. Love. Blessing. Drawing you back in. Come back. Here I am. Forgiveness. Repentance. Hope. Completely different than the way our world works. God is holy. God is merciful. God is mighty. So there is the substance of Mary's praise. She's like, God, you are mighty. You are incredible. You do wonderfully amazing things in my life. And you're holy. You're different. You work on a, in a totally different way than I would expect. And wow, you're merciful. 
you would allow me, this humble little woman from this humble little town, from this humble little family, you're seriously going to make me the mother of the savior of the world? That's insane. But it's incredible. That's the substance. Here's the secret, y'all. And Mary says it at the beginning. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. When I lose my remote control to the TV, I get upset because I hate getting off the couch to change the channel. Are you with me on this? I hate it. And so often I will go on a, on a very intense search for the remote. And I'll think of the places that are um, the most likely suspects for where the remote has gone. Inside the back of the couch cushions, underneath the front of the couch often is a good place to check. Um, kids' rooms, often not a, not a terrible place to look. Sometimes the kitchen, you know, you go for a snack, set down the, you ever done this? Set down the remote, it's like, oh no. I gotta get back up. I already got my snack, I'm sitting down. It's in the kitchen. Again, hate it. Life is hard. And there is some joy, no doubt, when we actually end up finding the remote, isn't there? There's a, oh, okay, I checked. Oh, in the cushions, you reach down, yes, oh, yes, I found the remote. That is nothing compared to the joy when the remote finds us. I saw it on America's Funniest Videos last week. It's our family's favorite show on Sunday evenings. There was this one where the family was opening gifts. And this girl opens up and she's like, yay, look at these pants. They were like fleece, you know, nightgown pants or whatever. She's like, yay. And then she reaches underneath them and is like, hey, mom, the remote. Accidentally, mom had put the, and the whole room, it's just our entire extended family is like, ah! And they like run around. They're like, no, it's the remote to the TV. We've been saved. <laughs> there is some joy when we find things. There is some joy to the fact that, yes, sometimes we seek out God. It's a beautiful thing. But before we are ever able to seek out God, He finds us. And there is way more joy in that. That's the secret of what Mary's talking about. She's like, out of nowhere, unbeknownst, God found me. He found me. He picked me. He chose me. This is it. This is the remote in the gift. <laughs> it's been wrapped up. We haven't seen it for months. God found me. That is where joy is. He comes and he finds us. He sends his son into this world. And then individually, he works in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and draws us to the Christ child. Y'all, I hope, I pray that this Christmas that you would be reminded of the fact that God found you. And y'all, to receive that, the best way to have, the best stance to receive that truth is just like Mary. She was poor. She was weak. She was needy. Because <laughs> God says, that's who I find. Not exclusively, but those who receive my love and my truth most deeply 
as Jesus taught in the Beatitudes, are those that are willing to admit, I am not adequate. We talked about it with gluttony last week. And of course, God returns to it this week. That's it, like the perfect little connection to our gluttony sermon from last week, y'all. Here's how I'm going to end with this. He has filled the hungry with good things. The hungry, the poor, the weak, those that are willing to, re- <laughs> to admit, I am not adequate. I do not have what it takes to be a nice person during this Christmas season. Don't have it. I could watch Hallmark movies all day long, all night long, and I'm still not going to have it. But God can give it to me. Because here it says right here, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. Y'all, how sweet if this Christmas we are a weak, poor, hungry church. Because in that position, we are most ready to receive the substance of Christmas and the secret of Christmas. God finds us through Jesus Christ. He comes and he saves us because of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, man, I love Christmas. It is so sweet. Lord, and I I pray that you would powerfully impact my heart and the hearts of those here with the message of Christmas, that, that it is Jesus come for us, That is you, God, coming for us. You're finding us. You're seeking us. You're pouring out your grace and your mercy upon us. I pray this morning, if someone has never truly, fully experienced your mercy and your grace, that they would receive it with joy and that our hearts would burst forth like Mary's. Lord, as we receive from you the Christmas gift of Jesus, Lord, use this gift to change our lives and the lives of those around us. May we be bursting with that love and that joy that you offer through Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. Amen. All right, let us now continue our... I'm going to grab the... I think the kiddos will want to be in here. No, carols, Christmas carols. Let's get the kiddos in here. Emergency exit only. Alarm will sound. Doug, do you mind grabbing the kiddos real quick? Thanks, bud. I almost went to that door. I'm like, yeah. And Christmas spirit is over. <laughs> so we're going to continue just as we did before um, this. Thank you. You rock, man. Just as we did before the sermon, the homily.